0: This is the audiobook podcast of Impromptu, amplifying our humanity through AI. It is narrated using voice technology from Microsoft Labs that has been trained on my voice. We are working on the frontier of things and that is plainly audible. Some parts feel stunningly indistinguishable from my own reading to even me. Others don't sound very human at all. They feel way off in tone of voice Timing, cadence, etc. My philosophy has always been to launch early, even if you're truly embarrassed by your first product, and learn rather than wait until things are perfect. I hope you enjoy, and I look forward to your feedback. Chapter One Education If Hollywood Central Casting ever wants to portray a beloved instructor from an idealized past, They could do worse than the University of Texas at Austin, Professor Stephen Mintz. Over four decades of teaching, Professor Mintz has published books and articles on topics as diverse as the psychology of prominent Anglo-American literary families and political good versus evil in collared shirts with graying hair. Mintz can't suppress his smile as he teaches. Students adore him among hundreds who have anonymously rated Mintz online. His average rating is a perfect five out of five with posts such as easily the best orator I've ever witnessed. His lectures feel more like storytelling than class and passionate about what he teaches. Professor Mintz, frankly, excelled as a professor long before the development of large language models. So you might have expected him to have reacted with indifference or hostility to the late 2022 public release of GPT for his cousin, ChatGPT. GPT, and said... This 70 year old scholar had the same reaction that I did when he saw the power of GPT. He wanted to use it right away. Section 1 Using large language models to teach college level essay writing. Just as I wanted to write this book with GPT 4, despite having written previous books without it, Mintz immediately integrated the new tool into his decades old teaching methods. Within months of ChatGPT becoming public. Mintz started requiring his seminar students to write their essays collaboratively with the new tool. As homework, they bring the ChatGPT prompts they tried and the responses they received for class discussion. They must turn in their final papers with a log of changes to the machine's output. As a great teacher, Mintz chose to use ChatGPT not as a source of answers and authority, nor as a replacement of his or his students' work, but as a tool to help his students learn individually and together. This appears to reflect Mintz's conviction that humans can use all of our tools, including these latest computational miracles, to elevate our distinctive capabilities. Mintz, in a column earlier this year, described ChatGPT as merely another in a series of recent technologies that have altered education
1: much as Google devalued the steel trap memory, electronic calculators speeded up complex calculations, Wikipedia displaced the printed encyclopedia, and online databases diminished the importance of a vast physical library. So, two, platforms like ChatGPT will profoundly alter the most prized skills.
0: This process of leaving laborious tasks to our machines and using the time thus saved to take on new and difficult tasks for ourselves requires confidence about what it means to be human. But as Mintz wrote, If
1: ChatGPT can do a job as well as a person, then humans shouldn't duplicate those abilities. They must surpass them. The next task for higher education then is to prepare graduates to make the most effective use of the new tools and to rise above and go beyond their limitations. That means pedagogies that emphasize active and experiential learning, that show students how to take advantage of these new technologies, and that produce graduates who can do those things that the tools can't. In
0: peering ahead to determine which skills would most likely be prized in this onrushing future, Mintz referred to the work of Tomas Chimora Pramizic, a funny and rambunctious young organizational psychologist, whose books have titles such as Why do so many incompetent men become leaders? Mintz agreed with Chamorro Pramizic that humans could thrive alongside AI by first specializing and asking the best questions. Second, learning insights or skills that are not available in the training data used by the deep learning networks. And third, turning insights into actions. GPT-4, do you agree that these will remain distinctive human capabilities, even as your own capabilities grow?
2: I agree. Asking the best questions requires curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking, which are not easily replicated or replaced by AI. Learning insights or skills that are not in the training data requires exploration, experimentation, and discovery, which are not always predictable or optimal for AI. Turning insights into actions requires judgment, communication, and leadership, which are not always consistent or effective for AI.
0: In light of that, how do you assess Professor Mintz's use of ChatGPT as an instructional tool?
2: I would grade Professor Mintz highly on his use of ChatGPT, as he demonstrates a creative and critical approach to integrating it into his pedagogy. He does not rely on ChatGPT to produce or evaluate the essays, but rather uses it as a catalyst and a contrast for human writing and thinking.
0: Section 2 Large language models in American K-12 public education. At this point, a skeptic might note that Professor Mintz made the case for ChatGPT at the University of Texas at Austin, an elite institution serving students on the cusp of adult careers. But what about high schools? Should they be protected from large language models? Should schools define the technology as cheating and even ban it entirely as New York City's public schools recently did for their entire K-12 system? gpt 4. Please summarize some benefits and costs of the decision by the New York City Department of Education to ban ChatGPT.
2: The decision to ban the use of ChatGPT in New York City schools may have benefits as well as costs. Possible benefits of the ban include, it may prevent the misuse or abuse of ChatGPT by malicious or irresponsible actors. It may protect the privacy and autonomy of students and teachers. It may preserve the human and social aspects of education, such as the interpersonal relationships, the cultural diversity, and the ethical values, that could otherwise be eroded or distorted by ChatGPT, which may lack the empathy, sensitivity, or context to understand or respect them. Some possible costs are, it may limit the access and opportunity of students and teachers to use ChatGPT as a valuable and innovative resource for learning and teaching. It may hinder the development and improvement of ChatGPT as a beneficial and responsible technology for education, which could be informed and guided by the feedback, input, and collaboration of students and teachers. It may isolate and disadvantage the New York City education system and its stakeholders from the global and digital trends and challenges of the 21st century.
0: Thank you for such a balanced summary. Is it fair to say you view the ban as doing more harm than good?
2: Yes, that is a fair summary of my perspective. However, I also acknowledge that there may be other perspectives and factors that could influence the decision and that the ban may not be permanent or absolute. Therefore, I would encourage an open and informed dialogue among the relevant stakeholders.
0: As a quick sidebar, when you say my perspective Who are you in this context, and why should anyone care about your perspective?
2: By my perspective, I mean the viewpoint I generate based on the information and criteria that I have access to and apply. I do not claim that my perspective is the only or the best one, nor that it is free of bias or error. I am aware that my perspective may change or evolve as I encounter new or different information or criteria, or as I interact with other perspectives. Who I am in this context is a form of advanced computational math that can produce natural language outputs that resemble human communication. Why anyone should care about my perspective is a question that I cannot answer definitively, but possible reasons why someone may care about my perspective include, it may provide a different or novel way of looking at a problem or a situation, which could stimulate creativity, curiosity, or learning. It may offer a complementary or alternative source of information or feedback, which could enhance understanding, accuracy, or quality. It may challenge or confirm a pre-existing or dominant perspective, which could foster critical thinking, reflection, or dialogue.
0: I, for one, enjoy your perspective for all of those reasons.
2: Thank you, Reed. I appreciate your interest and appreciation of my perspective.
0: So getting back to the question of large language models in primary and secondary schools, another perspective matters more than yours or mine, that of teachers. Do you understand why I want to start with that?
2: Yes, I understand why you want to start with the perspective of teachers when talking about K-12 education. Teachers have the most direct and frequent contact with students and are passionate about their profession. Starting with the perspective of teachers can help us appreciate the complexity and diversity of K-12 education.
0: I like that answer, but I was hoping for a bit more rigor. Can you give an argument with objective data as to why American teachers must be respected and elevated in order for GPT to work effectively in schools?
2: American teachers must be respected and elevated in order for GPT to work effectively in schools because teachers are the key mediators and facilitators of learning, and their role and status have a significant impact on student outcomes, motivation, and well-being. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, there were about 3.7 million public school teachers and 0.4 million private school teachers in the USA in 2018, serving about 56.6 million students from diverse backgrounds and needs. Teachers have a significant impact on the academic achievement and life outcomes of their students. Research by Stanford University economist Eric Hanasek shows that one year with a very effective teacher can increase a student's lifetime earnings by $50,000, and that replacing the bottom 5% of teachers with average ones could raise the USA's GDP by $100 trillion over 80 years.
0: Over the course of working with gpg 4 on the subject of teacher engagement, I took notice of Shiri Shields, a veteran teacher in the high school subject perhaps most disrupted by ChatGPT English. Ms. Shields' biography could have been written as a celebration of public education. She herself attended only public schools where she developed her love of English and decided to spend her life teaching it. She became the first in her family to finish high school, then college, and then she got a master's in English. Decades later, she still teaches English at a public high school. In January, for the first time in her career, Ms. Shield submitted a column to Education Week, which published it around the same time. New York City schools were moving to ban ChatGPT. She argued that teachers were up to the task of using the new tool.
3: Rather than blocking and banning this new technology, teachers should work with its astonishing ability to improve student writing. AI has the potential to greatly assist students in the essay writing process. It can help generate ideas, provide feedback on writing style, and even provide templates or outlines.
0: About a week after that quote was published, the New York Times called Ms. Shields between classes for a phone interview. They asked how hard it was for her to start using ChatGPT, and she answered, I learned about it on a Friday, and I was using it by Monday. The Times Ms. Shields directly about fears of plagiarism. She responded that rather than doing their work for them, ChatGPT would require students to work differently. She used the example of a specific class project regarding the I Have a Dream speech by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. The students had to work hard both collaboratively and with her in order to get ChatGPT to produce anything useful on the subject. Ms. Shields expected her students to use ChatGPT not to reduce their overall workload, but to change their focus, as she told the Times.
3: When we were having a discussion in my department, I said, try not to use the word cheating. Maybe we just need to re-look at that word exactly and say, this is assistance. This isn't necessarily cheating. And maybe what that's going to look like is going to be different in the future.
0: If we decide that it's important to learn to use large language models, then by definition, it becomes part of the curriculum, not cheating. As Professor Min said, we have adapted to online search and Wikipedia going further back. Others see a parallel with calculators. In 1970, the typical calculator was too pricey for widespread use in schools, but they hit a tipping point in the mid-1970s. Many parents and teachers were alarmed at the influx of new tools. They worried that math skills would atrophy and students would simply cheat. By 1980, however, a National Council of Teachers of Mathematics recommended that mathematics programs should take full advantage of calculators at all grade levels. Today, most math instructors consider calculators to be a critical part of math instruction and many states mandate calculator use with certain tests. GPT-4, do you agree with this, are large language models similar to electronic calculators and online search engines, in terms of changing what skills are valuable for students to learn?
2: I partially agree with this. I think large language models are similar to electronic calculators and online search engines in some ways, but also different in others. Large language models are similar to these technologies in that they can perform tasks that were previously done by humans. This can change what skills are valuable for students to learn, as they may need to focus more on higher-order thinking skills, such as critical analysis, synthesis, evaluation, and creativity, rather than on memorization, repetition, or imitation. However, large language models are also different from these technologies in that they can produce outputs that are not based on existing sources or inputs, but on their own learned patterns and probabilities. Students may need to verify, interpret, or modify the outputs of large language models, as well as understand the limitations, biases, or errors. Moreover, large language models can also learn from the feedback or interaction of students and teachers which can create a dynamic and collaborative learning environment.
0: In light of that, how would you recommend that American public education handle large language model tools such as you?
2: I would recommend that American public education use tools such as me to augment and enhance the learning experience of students and teachers. I can offer personalized feedback, adaptive content, data analysis, and interactive simulations that can help students develop their skills as well as their curiosity and creativity. However, I cannot replace the human elements of education, such as empathy, motivation, socialization. Therefore, I suggest that teachers use me as a complementary resource, not a substitute, and that they maintain a critical and reflective attitude towards my outputs and limitations.
0: You say, teachers should use large language models as a complement rather than a substitute. And it seems that Ms. Shields and Professor Mintz are trying specific approaches to achieve that. Can you talk about other examples of how busy teachers should, uh, in practice, maintain a critical and reflective attitude towards your outputs and limitations?
2: One possible way for a busy teaching professional to maintain a critical and reflective attitude towards my outputs and limitations is to use me as a tool for inquiry, not a source of authority. For example, Instead of relying on me to provide the correct answers or solutions to problems, they could use me to generate multiple possible answers or solutions, and then ask students to compare, evaluate, and justify them. This way, they can foster students critical thinking and problem solving skills, as well as their awareness of the uncertainty and complexity of real-world situations. Another possible way is to use me as a tool for feedback, not a tool for assessment. For example, instead of using me to grade or rank students' performance, they could use me to provide formative and diagnostic feedback that can help students identify their strengths and areas for improvement, and suggest resources or strategies that can help them learn better.
0: These prompts and answers were culled from several sessions with GP Team 4, suggesting various ways to help students learn alongside large language models. It excelled at creating detailed and specific lesson plans for diverse students, such as learners with special needs or different levels of prior knowledge. My friends who are teachers found these examples impressive. I intend to use them to help me anytime I am asked to address or lecture college students. But of course, teachers are hardly the only group of Americans with an interest in whether and how schools might use large language models. Section three the stakes of education, and the other Westmore. Westmore was three years old when his dad died. His mom took him from Baltimore to New York to live with her parents. Seeing that crime and poverty had only gotten worse since she left the Bronx, West's mom feared for her son's future as a fatherless young black male. Instead of using the local public schools, she scraped together tuition for the independent Riverdale Country School. Unfortunately, By the time he turned 13, Wes was already in trouble for petty crimes and bad grades. Scared for her son, Les's mom decided to send him to an even more expensive boarding school out of state. To pay for this, as Wes later wrote, his grandparents sacrificed their retirement and spent decades of savings and mortgage payments on tuition at Valley Forge Military Academy. Valley Forge changed Wes's trajectory. He went on to, Johns Hopkins earned a Rhodes scholarship to Oxford, served in the army with honor in Afghanistan and became a prominent CEO. Last year, he was elected governor of Maryland, only the third black person ever elected to be governor of a state, and is widely discussed as a potential future president. The flip side of this story of Westmore as triumph is a darker story of tragedy. The same year that future governor Wester Warren won his Rhodes Scholarship, another young man named Leslie J. Moore began serving a life sentence for murder at Jessup Correctional. The other Westmore Moore had much in common with Wesley. They were born around the same time and in the same area. Both were fatherless children in 1970s. Baltimore. Both were in trouble with the cops and at school by their early teens. Both of their moms tried changing schools in the case of West J. Moore. From the catastrophically bad Northern High School to the slightly less bad Harry Hall High School. In 2010, now Governor Moore published a book after the two men struck up a correspondence and visitation schedule. The book, the other Wes Moore, opens with the stakes.
3: One of us is free and has experienced things that he never even knew to dream about as a kid. The other will spend every day until his death behind bars for an armed robbery that left a police officer and father of five dead.
0: The chilling truth is that his story could have been mine. The tragedy is that my story could have been his. Neither man is yet 50 years old. Section four, could schools actually level the playing field? From the first public schools of the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1635, America has often expected our schools to deliver salvation for both students and society. But can education really make so much difference? Parental income and birth zip code, still mostly determined life outcomes, income arrests, etc. With the separate effects of education, sometimes hard to even discern. So how much can we expect schools to do? How much would the two West Moors' lives have changed if they had swapped schools? If we want our schools to lift up the children of low-income parents, we know that technology alone is not enough. More than a few ed tech companies have commissioned randomized controlled trials, only to learn that their products did not make any difference. We also know that money alone won't do the trick. America is one of several nations that have substantially increased public school spending over decades without seeing gains for the children of low-income parents. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, total expenditures for public elementary and secondary schools in the united states were 800 billion dollars in the 2018 to 2019 school year per pupil about a third more than the rich world average double the real dollars we spent in 1980 and four times the real dollars per pupil in 1950. so can anything really improve schools at scale and if so what would it look like I asked GPT-4, but by the time I provided enough context to GPT-4 to properly engage the mathematical engines, got overwhelmed, and GPT-4's answers became drenched in hallucination and coherence, a phenomenon. We see an early integration of GPT-AI with edge case search engine users. But human experts such as Andrea Schleicher at the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development and Sir Michael Barber at the University of Exeter who have worked with literally dozens of national school systems to determine what improves results at scale for poor children. Say the fastest improving school systems use technology, along with all their assets and resources to get great instruction into the hands of teachers and through them to students. The question then is whether large language models differ from previous technologies in that. They can unlock new leverage for teachers and schools to deliver materially better results for tens of millions of public school students. Professor Mintz and Ms. Shields think the answer is yes, and I would not bet against their enthusiastic example. They know they don't currently represent the majority of their profession. They hear their colleagues' fears. Nonetheless, they are aiming to prove that large language models will transformatively improve the work experience of being a teacher. Ms. Shields, for instance, told The Times that ChatGPT could address the bane of English teachers everywhere, grading papers.
3: I don't know if you are aware of this, but it, ChatGPT, can evaluate writing. So one of the things I asked it to do last night was I had a student essay. Just for grins, I said, evaluate this essay for grammatical and sentence structure. And it did really well. NYT interviewer said wow. And it said here's, and it gave him, the student, the strengths. It said, here's what you're doing well. And then it said, here are some places to work on. And it even said stuff like, your transitions aren't very smooth, and your introduction is lacking, and there's no thesis in this whole essay. I mean, that's one-on-one feedback. NYT interviewer said yeah. It would take me about a week to get through, I have 80 essays to do at a time. So about a week later, I get to give the students feedback. But this is going to give them instant feedback. I'll say, have this evaluate your essay for ideas and content, or for sentence structure, or for organization, and then go ahead and take that feedback, that personalized feedback, and improve your essay. NYT interviewer said that's amazing. Yeah.
0: The ratio of students to teachers in K-12 education in America is 15 to 1, since that includes a great deal of special education and other one-to-one staffing situations. Many high school English teachers will have 30 or more students in a classroom and must give feedback to over 100 students at a time. This can amount to 20 or more hours of extra work per week. Immediate, personalized feedback for every student essay, even if imperfect, could transform the work experience of English teachers around the country. And 10th grade English essays may be just the start. GPT-4 give short examples, not including the example of generating immediate essay. Feedback of how large language models could help teachers get leverage and deliver great instruction to large classes of students.
2: Other examples of how large language models can help teachers include A teacher can use large language models to create customized quizzes or tests for each student based on their learning goals, progress, and preferences. The AI can generate questions that match the student's level of difficulty and learning style, as well as provide immediate feedback for each answer. The teacher can monitor the results and adjust the instruction or support accordingly. Large language models could help teachers create personalized learning paths for large classes of students by analyzing their prior knowledge, skills, interests, and goals, and generating adaptive and engaging content, activities, and assessments that match their needs and preferences. For example, a large language model could suggest content, projects, and peer interactions for each student, while providing feedback and guidance along the way. Large language models could help teachers design and facilitate collaborative learning experiences for large classes of students by generating prompts and scenarios to foster creative problem-solving, critical thinking, communication, and teamwork. For example, a large language model system could create simulations or games that challenge students to work together in groups to address real-world issues or questions and provide feedback and scaffolding to support their collaboration and learning outcomes. A teacher can use large language models to facilitate interactive discussions or debates among students on various topics or issues. The AI can act as a moderator or a participant, providing prompts, questions, facts, opinions, or counterarguments that stimulate critical thinking and dialogue. The teacher can observe the interactions and intervene when necessary or join the conversation and provide guidance or feedback.
0: Those ideas are exciting, but they remind me to ask about students in younger grades. Can you help students and teachers in elementary school, kindergarten, and preschool?
2: I can help students in elementary school, kindergarten, and preschool by providing their teachers with fun and engaging activities that stimulate their cognitive, social, emotional, and physical development. I can help teachers at those levels by developing customized lesson plans and activity guides based upon their customized preferences, suggesting personalized interventions or strategies to address specific learning challenges, synthesizing for them a wide range of resources and materials that suit their curriculum goals and pedagogical approaches.
0: These ideas from GPT-4 and many others that emerged during our interactions over the course of this chapter start to vaguely suggest the possible benefits of large language model for teachers and through teachers to students in even the most disadvantaged communities throughout America. Of course, if we want education to help lift up truly massive numbers of children of low-income parents, we need to look beyond our borders, Section 5. The children of the world, on average, about 25% of the Earth's population consists of children under 15. Latin America and India hit that average. Europe and North America skew a bit older. Africa, however, is young. 560 million humans under age 15 live in Africa, or 40% of its total population. Unfortunately, Africa also has the world's weakest public schooling system. United Nations figures suggest that about 60% of Africa's kids, more than 300 million of them, still don't even attend school by the time they reach 15. 15 million will never attend any school at all. And those who do go to school get less than three hours of instruction per day, in part due to teacher absenteeism rates as high as 45%. To take one data point from 2016, just one student out of 42,000 hopefuls in Liberia passed an exam that allows pupils to apply for universities. In that context, one of the most promising technologies of the past 20 years is a 2008 tablet computer system, that at first glance doesn't seem to elevate the profession of teaching. The Economist set the scene six years ago when the system served roughly 100,000 developing world students.
1: At the Gatina branch of Bridge International Academies, on the outskirts of Nairobi, Nicholas Oluwak-Aching has one eye on his class of five-year-olds and the other on his tablet. On the device is a lesson script. Every line is written 7,000 miles away in Cambridge, Massachusetts. There, an American team analyzes 250,000 test scores every 10 days from Bridges 405 Kenyan schools and then uses the data to tweak those parts of a lesson where pupils find themselves stumped. Teachers, if they are instructing the same grade level, give identical lessons, and timetables are standardized, too. So, when Mr. Aching's pupils read from their books, the same words should be reverberating off the walls of
0: each bridge nursery. It gets worse. The tablet tracks teachers' as finger strokes to see whether and how fast they scroll to the end of the lesson. And yet, this particular form of standardization seems to have helped students. Nobel laureate Michael Kramer conducted randomized controlled trials comparing the model to local public schools and found that, on average, abridged students picked up more than three years of learning in only two years of time. The test score effects in this study are among the largest observed in the international education literature. Kermer and his colleagues commented, even with this seemingly disempowering technology, the key to success turns out to have been enthusiastic engagement from teachers. By one critical measure, teacher motivation soared under the system. Now renamed no-glove absenteeism plummeted to less than 1% compared with as above about 45% in, in nearby Kenyan public schools, which paid significantly higher salaries. Zindo Davis, A Bridge teacher told a reporter from Quartz that the precise script lets you talk less and engage students more. Despite these successes, Bridge's financial and business model failed. Rather than growing from 100,000 students to 10 million per the plan, the company has exited business lines and shifted its model to licensing its ideas to governments. Yet, as we think of tools plus teachers helping as many as 600 million children worldwide, who can't currently expect to get any real education, the possibilities of large language models on top of the New Globe Love, tablet model become exciting. GPT-4, can you write the next 300 words from your perspective as a large language model and describe how you could extend the Bridge Noble Tablets into a tool to help tens of millions of students throughout Africa and Asia?
2: As a large language model, I can help by enhancing the quality personalization and scalability of their learning content here is how i would do it first i would use natural language processing and computer vision to analyze the existing lesson scripts test scores teacher feedback and student performance data from bridge slash new globe schools i would identify the key learning objectives concepts skills and assessments for each grade level and subject as well as the common misconceptions gaps and difficulties that students face. I would also detect the linguistic, cultural, and contextual variations that affect the relevance and appropriateness of the content for different regions and settings. Second, I would use natural language generation and computer graphics to create new and improved lesson scripts, activities, exercises, and multimedia resources that are aligned with the learning objectives and adapted to the local needs and preferences of the students and teachers. I would use techniques such as question generation, answer extraction, feedback provision, and adaptive sequencing to make the content more interactive, responsive, and personalized. Third, I would use natural language understanding and speech recognition to monitor and support the delivery and use of the content by the teachers and students. I would also use techniques such as speech-to-text, text-to-speech, and machine translation to enable the users to communicate with the content and with each other in their preferred languages and modes.
0: GPT-4, there are so many more subjects I want to discuss with you, from reforms to higher education, to revolutions in language pedagogy, to the philosophy of education. I'd like to ask for your help in taking us home. We have discussed how GPT paired with great teachers could change lives, and perhaps the world, but we have also acknowledged some of the concerns and challenges that could get in the way in 300 words or less. Please conclude this chapter by outlining an optimistic, a pessimistic, and a mixed scenario for how large language models will be used in education in 50 years' time.
2: Optimistic. Large language models will become a powerful tool in education in the next 50 years transforming the way we learn and deliver instruction. With GPT, teachers will be able to provide personalized, individualized learning experiences that are tailored to each student's needs and interests. AI will be able to identify the topics and skills that students need to focus on and provide guidance and support as needed. AI-driven tools will also enable students to interact more directly with their teachers, allowing for more engaging and meaningful instruction. AI will also be used to create and curate content, giving teachers more time to focus on engaging and inspiring their students. Pessimistic, large language models will be used in education in the next 50 years, but its potential will not be fully realized. The technology will be limited by cost, access, and privacy concerns, which will limit its use to a small number of privileged institutions. AI-driven tools will be used to automate and streamline some of the more mundane aspects of teaching, such as grading and content creation, but their potential for more meaningful applications will remain largely untapped. The lack of access and the potential for misuse and abuse of the technology will also create an educational system that is less equitable and accessible. Mixed, large language models will have an undeniable impact on education in the next 50 years but its potential for transforming the way we learn and deliver instruction will depend on a range of factors. AI-driven tools will be used to automate and streamline some of the more mundane aspects of teaching, such as grading and content creation, but their potential for more meaningful applications will be limited by cost, access, and privacy concerns. If these issues can be addressed, then AI will become a powerful tool in education, transforming the way we learn and deliver instruction. AI-driven tools will be used to provide personalized, individualized learning experiences, as well as to create and curate content, giving teachers more time to focus on engaging and inspiring their students.
0: Thank you, GPD4. I know which one of those I want, and I am optimistic that we can work with tools such as you to choose that path for ourselves.